Coming up on HIGMT, we get details of the previously off-menu Model 3 standard range for Canadians, Tesla solar roof installations get a bit more expensive, and Canadians might witness the first Tesla Semi deliveries in Ontario. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of Indeterminate Link for Saturday, April 17th, 2021, episode 38 in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. Unbeknown to me and probably many other Canadians have been an unadvertised version of the Tesla Model 3 called the Model 3 Standard Range. Now that Tesla has made the option well known in a configuration page, my newsfeed is full of articles from InsideEVs.com, iPhoneInCanada.ca, Yahoo Finance, and even InterestingEngineering.com, each one giving their perspective of the very much muted Model 3. The Standard Range Model 3 differs in a few aspects over the Standard Range Plus. The battery is software locked at a measly 151 kilometers of range versus the 423 kilometers of range in the Standard Range Plus. Tesla also removed Autopilot from the standard range version, but it is available to purchase after taking ownership for $4,000 Canadian. The move to make the standard range Model 3 a thing was spurred on by the federal EV incentive program. The Canadian government created a $5,000 tax incentive for the purchase or lease of a new EV, provided that the base price is less than $45,000 and costs no more than $55,000 with all of the options. Apparently, all Tesla models would not qualify since everything Tesla offers starts above $45,000, except for the off-menu standard range Model 3. I honestly did not know this was a thing. I was wondering how many Model 3s I'm seeing around town that are actually locked with the 151-kilometer range. The range is so undesirable, and unless you are committed to simply driving around town for, for very short trips, I really have to shake my head over this. I suppose if you're okay with the limited range, and let's not forget the 25% range hit you'll be experiencing during the winter months, I could be convinced that it is a pretty good deal since you would be saving $6,600 off of the price of the vehicle over the standard range plus, plus you will also qualify for the $5,000 tax incentive. But damn, that range has to be the worst in the industry. It should be noted that the IZEV website includes $5,000 tax incentive for the Model 3 Standard Range Plus, but that's only if you lease it over 48 months. Now, I wonder what advantage Tesla has with making this information more transparent by publishing it online as it has been off menu since 2019. Maybe Tesla feels that the Canadian government should raise the base price threshold so that more Teslas would actually qualify for the incentive. Teslas with much better range and possibly including the Model Y would be included in that list, but I'm not really sure, man. There, there really has to be a reason why Tesla is making this uh, known to everybody uh, from their website. Tesla bumped up the price of the Model 3 and Model Y again for the fourth time this year alone, in addition to some minor trim upgrades to the interior of each vehicle. Both the Model 3 Standard Range Plus and Long Range versions went up $500. The Model Y Long Range also went up with the same $500 price increase. Now, I'm not sure how much price creep potential Tesla owners are willing to put up with. Then again, if demand remains high and availability remains low, I can see Tesla increasing the cost for the Model 3 and Model Y for the time being. But at some point, I would suspect that Tesla will drop the prices towards the end of any given quarter this year or possibly at the end of their fiscal year, which would be towards the end of December. Oh, and uh, by the way, the minor trim upgrade I previously mentioned is a matching door piece that matches the trim on the dashboard. Tesla is one step closer to the infamous $25,000 EV or the Model C as I'm calling it for now. 
A recent update to the Chinese website has Tesla asking for people to apply for the position of design leader in their upcoming Tesla China Design Center website. The Driven.io noted that Tesla will be announcing details on the Model C by the end of 2021, possibly some sort of a hatchback. The smaller and more affordable Model C would be first released in the Asian market where smaller city-style vehicles are more common. Despite being covered in ash from the California wildfires last year, LA resident Austin Flack was able to not only produce enough power for his home, but Austin was able to sell back about two-thirds of his generated electricity back to the local power grid. Now there's a cool uh, article and video on tesseraudis.com's website, so I'll link out the information in the show notes below. Austin was quoted $34,000 for his 9 kilowatt hour solar roof, and after construction, the roof was 93% efficient, even though much of the roof was hampered by the deposit of ash. The ash was eventually removed by a professional solar roof cleaner, and prior to the installation of the solar roof, the total annual price for electricity was $2,200 per year, and after installation, the price of electricity dropped to $152 per year, or a 93% savings. So at this rate, the roof would have paid for itself after 17 years, which is actually quite remarkable since the solar roof itself carries a 25-year warranty. Now, it's not all good news for Tesla and their solar roof product. ArsTechnica.com has a story where many solar roof customers are being asked to pay an additional 25 to 114% on top of their agreed-to price for the installation of a solar roof tile or panel. Tesla is letting these customers know that their online estimator is just that, an estimate of the overall cost of the project. Due to the complexity of roofs that may not be initially visible by Tesla's estimator, it could cost much more to have the solar roof installed once a contractor visits the house and formalizes a price for the work. The more complex the roof is in terms of pitch, hips and valleys, and protrusions through the roof itself, the more expensive the project will end up being. Daily Tech News show hosts Tom Merritt and Sarah Lane are joined by Rod Simmons, Allison Sheridan, Bodie Grimm, and Howard Yermish, where they discuss all things electric vehicles, and the discussion was not solely Tesla-based. During the almost hour-long podcast, they go into all sorts of topics regarding ownership of an electric vehicle, including reasonings behind the purchase, charging issues, costs, and what happens to the battery after eight years of use. Now, I've been listening to Tom Merritt and his podcast since 2006, and I found this podcast to be quite useful, so I'll link out to the discussion in the show notes below. Anyone looking to get into an EV of any sort should definitely give a listen. Tesla is looking to start its semi-service program, but the location might actually surprise you. According to a recent job posting for a semi-service technician, the only location for this position would be in Mississauga, Ontario. Mississauga is also home to Walmart Canada, who ordered more than 130 Tesla semis. Now, this could be a simple omission where Tesla might have left out some other locations, such as in California, Nevada, or even Texas. But if this was actually true, we may be seeing the rollout of the Tesla semi first in Canada. The position also states that the successful candidate would work with Tesla to support a semi fleet that would move cargo between their own factories. Now, I suspect that this could be boilerplate language for the position since Tesla does not have a factory in Canada at all. And actually, since the story broke, Tesla has added other locations in the United States. Both Fremont, Stockton, Rockland, and Fresno, all in California, and Reno, Nevada, have been added to the position that is still available in Mississauga. Electric.co has more of the story, and I will link out to the article in the show notes below. And we might as well take a look at what has happened over the last week at Gigafactory, Texas. And thanks again to Joe Tegmar and Jeff Roberts for the daily drone footage. 
clearing and grading for the area of the proposed battery cathode and lithium hydroxide processing facility is continuing and exterior sheathing is continuing and I have a little bit more information on the product being installed. It's not a plywood based product as I originally thought but it's a gypsum core panel encased in a fiberglass mat to maximize air, water and fire resistance and is supplied by USG. The temporary switchyard uh, finishing touches are being wrapped up. I'm not exactly sure if the equipment has been energized yet. Precast concrete wall panels are now in place around the casting plant and structural steel components are being assembled and put into place within the 4680 battery cell production area by six mobile crawler cranes. Another four mobile crawler cranes are being used to continue the main Gigafactory construction in the southwest corner of the Megapad area with even more structural steel components and work is progressing on the damp roofing of the entire roof structure. In Jeff Roberts' April 15th drone video, he was able to witness in the arrival and the offloading of the second Gigapress from Idra. Offloading of the Gigapress was done by the new bridge cranes in the casting area. Jeff also has some really cool time-lapse video of the construction area, so you should really definitely check out the links. Well, that should pretty much do it for episode 38. If you're looking to purchase a Tesla and you want 1,000 free supercharging miles, you can feel free to use my referral link in the show notes below or head on over to ts.la slash Matthew40942. So far, the only person to use my referral program link is Chatty, so thanks again, Chatty, for that. Uh, hashtag for this episode, let's try hashtag Model3SR. And the overall hashtag for this podcast is hashtag HIGMT. And if you have any feedback for me, you can feel free to throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And I need to shout out my patrons who support me at the V3 supercharging level. So thanks again to my brother Nick for your continued support. And as always, you can watch my progress towards a Tesla of some sort by visiting howigotmytesla.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram by simply searching for How I Got My Tesla. And finally, I have a new Discord server for fans of the podcast. So I will include a link to the server in the show notes below. So thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby. Hey, you're still here? You must love how I got my Tesla. If you like the content so much, why don't you help support the show and become a Patreon? Get access to all my Patreon content and support the show you love when you go to howigotmytesla.com slash Patreon.